Did I tell you um, uh, I've started reading a horror novel in Braille? No, Jed, you haven't told me that. I'm at this part. I think something <laughs> bad's going to happen. I can feel it. <laughs> I hate you so much, Chad. I forgot. <laughs> he he did it to me at work <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> and I made some last dumbass joke, and then the next thing was, I can feel it. <laughs> and I said, you should use that for the show. He goes, don't worry. I'll get it on James. <laughs> Don't you worry. Then he called me pumpkin. And then I walked over and did his hair. Yeah, it was a thing we had. It was quite beautiful, actually. Yeah. Quite, quite beautiful. Anyway, welcome to Bonehead. Yeah, welcome to Bonehead. What an opener. Bonehead Weekly. You know, the. You know this is like episode 119. Is it? Yeah, one seventeen with what you just post uh, with what I watched today, I should say. Well, <laughs> well this will I be one eighteen. Next I don't one know will be ep- Laura, Laurel, and then uh, this should be one nineteen. I don't know when the last episode she. I mean, she left. Was Courtney Courtney joined her, her last Six, episode? No, nah, I think sixty eight or sixty nine. We're we're getting to the point where we're almost done. We've done did, done did done did did done a whole another year without a whole. Well, we've done over a year without her. Yeah. Oh, Haley, off to the. I don't know. It all sounds like she's dead, but she's yeah, not dead. I don't know. She just she's does... off to bigger and better things. She I mean, that wasn't much of a chat. She, she, she only calls Chad for lunch. Well, the rest of us don't hear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a hell of a commute for me. Oh, so she asked you to lunch too? No, I'm just saying, why would she? It's a hell of a commute. Maybe it's just you, Joe. It probably is. <laughs> it's okay. So we're getting up there. So, I mean, it won't be long with 200 episodes and then what? Well, Joe, after 200, the next number is 201. <laughs> just add one to it, Joe. You just add one to it. Just sit down in Jeez. Mississippi. At Mississippi. Mississippi. You sit down in Mississippi and eat your mud bugs and shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, tomorrow I get to go out to have a nice dinner. With who? Um, All by myself. Now, that's, that's for Valentine's Day. I invited you over for the Super Bowl. I know. I know. I appreciate Appreciate that. Uh, once again, if I was local, I would lovingly come and eat your food, um, and watch uh, the 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 uh, the New York Knicks versus the Wildcats. Who's playing this year? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Um. Anyway, are we ready? What's today's topic? Ensemble cast. Ensemble cast. So we've we've done our favorite actors or favorite actresses. Did we do favorite actors? Character yes. actors. Fair, character. Fair, favorite character actors, favorite character, character actresses. actresses. There's no and technically it all should be actors, right? Yeah, they're just actors. So but you know, it's never... funny and I agree with that. I agree that it's just actors. But people get real nervous if all of a sudden you go, well since everybody's just actors, and I do agree with that. I do believe women and men should be on equal footing. But when it comes to awards time, they always want that actress category. And, and I understand why. And I'm not being sexist. I understand why. It's because the system is so inherently sexist that I, look at best director is all I'm saying. Yeah. So that was actually your serious moment for the day. Hollywood do better. I have four jokes and so, none of them are appropriate. And but, they're all going to lose, give, lose us listeners. So anyway, but there are I'm some. I'm trying to get us listeners. But there are some Work movies. Harder. There are some movies where it's just not one actor or one actress. It's the sum of its parts. It's the sum of its parts. There and are no small roles. Only small people. <laughs> and they all were cast in the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> which is an ensemble cast, which does have drunken orgy stories. Yeah. And we should do a whole episode on the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Sometime. <laughs> it's very interesting. Speaking of drunken uh, stories, I'll add a, a little bit. Oddly enough, that portion of that cast and then um the the visitors from rocky horror picture show they both share that legacy yeah yeah there all right go. there we go so gentlemen who wants to go first we 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 i just had my tea it hasn't kicked in yet so james i don't think you ever go first for the most part why don't you go first this time you know, so here's the thing. I, I, says so, it goes first all the time. <laughs> or comes first. There's a lot. Are you of, coming or going? There's a lot of people there, Joe. There's, I mean, I, we can't verify that. That's true. Anyway, um, what my point is, uh, 
as I sat down to do this, I actually sent back a text just to confirm. So we're talking about ensemble. And the initial thought I had, <coughs> and I'm not going to talk about these because I assume probably you all will, but is it just me or does Quentin Tarantino only do an ensemble cast? Well, you know what, James? That's true. I'm not going to do one of his movies. The reason uh, okay. being is because I wrote down all of his movies. And, like, yeah. and, that and I can't I'm not gonna do any mention of them. If, if you all didn't get to it, but I'm going to go ahead and say, he only does ensemble, but I'm not going to talk about those. I thought about you know, the only one where I don't think you could argue that it's not really an ensemble cast is either Jackie Brown or, or, um, um, I think Jackie Brown's an ensemble cast uh, or, uh, Django, Django Unchained. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I don't really, Django is rough with those braces, isn't it? Yes. Uh, my teeth just clattered clashed together and caused me immense pain. Now, how many more years do you have? You want to take a break? Oh God, I hope in November. I hope November, when November comes, my braces come off. Oh, so we only have to do this till November. Yeah. Notice how I said we pumped. Yeah, I know. Buttercup. Because we all suffer. We all suffer. We I mean, not suffer. a bunch of you. I mean, with or without the braces. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so, so anyway. What's your first movie? So Quentin Tarantino does them all the time. And then I thought about superhero films because they all end up being ensemble cast once you get, you know, once you get to Avengers, Justice League. But then I thought about there's a super a couple superhero movies that don't get the love that they they probably deserve that are ensemble cast. And I is thought he, about is he going to do this? Red. Ah, oh, oh. shit. Okay, Red. That is a good ensemble cast. Red is a great ensemble cast. I so thought Red you were going to go. I thought you were going to go. You know, a little. Uh, there's, little. there's another one I'm, I've got on my list. I'm going to see how the evening goes. Okay. I don't have any superheroes. We're good. I don't need Red. Um, Red, if you don't know, is based on a comic book. It's called Red because Red stands for Retired, Extremely Dangerous. Basically, it's these people that are retired. CIA operatives, things like that, and they have all these skill sets and all these secrets, and they're basically, so that's, that's the general plot. It's, and Bruce Willis is in the film, um, based on a Warren Ellis comic. Uh, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, John Malkovich, Carl Urban, Mary Louise Parker and Helen Mirren. Mm. That's a heck of an ensemble. Mary Louise and Helen. And Carl Urban, Joe. Yeah, he is dreamy. He's dreamy. I tell you, if he would just dress up as Dread and come in and talk to me for a minute. (laughs) Or Bones. Dread. Now, we're going to Bone. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Urban just don't know it yet. (laughs) Hashtag me too, Carl Urban. Um. Production company was the Bonaventure, um, and it was it was a much bigger hit than they predicted it was going to be. Yeah, know, uh, it was fifty eight million. Bond a sequel that wasn't very good. Well, and allegedly they planned a trilogy, and as of twenty thirteen, the trilogy was still on, but it hasn't moved forward. So I'm assuming it's actually dead. But it's just a great cast. Um, you get uh, Bruce Willis playing actually to age for once. Um, with Morgan Freeman, and and it's just a great – they play off of each other well. It's just a watchable film. Yeah. All right. I mean, anybody – you got anything else about Red? No, no. I I think it's a good cast. I don't think it's what I was looking for when we think of ensembles, but I'm glad you went different with that. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it doesn't work without that everybody in that. No, and John Malkovich, John Malkovich and Helen Mirren almost steal the show in that. Specifically, John Malkovich and then Helen Mirren. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So I'm going to go. Man, I think in terms of ensemble cast, this might be up there with one of the best ensemble cast of all time, period. Yeah. Um, This movie, I, I picked this movie and. I was as I was writing my notes about it. Yeah, I realized I hadn't seen it in in, a, in quite a while, so I actually sat down and watched it last night. Uh-huh. It's free on the IMDb channel, uh, and man, it, it is still hilarious from beginning to end. The Birdcage. Oh, that's not on mine. So Robin Williams, Nathan movie. Lane, Hank Azaria, Gene Hackman, Diane Weist, Christine Baranski, and Dan Futterman and Callista Flockhart. Yeah. It. You don't stop laughing from the beginning until the end. Yeah, that's one of those rare movies that I think is superior to the because it's a remake. Yeah, of a, of a, a French, French film. movie. Yes, I think it's superior to the French film. Probably. I agree. Um, have I seen it? I think I have. I've seen it a long time ago. Chafolis. Yeah, I think it's superior to the French film. And now, granted, um, the first 
45, 50 minutes. They're not together. It's, it's different. It's different. They're in different groups. Yeah. But then when they all come together at that house, it is pure acting and comedic genius. Yep. All of them play off each other. One and all enough. They, oh, sorry. Sorry, people. I have races. They each play off each other perfectly. The timing is there. Yeah. The whole scene where, uh, uh, Nathan Lane is revealed, mm-hmm. and 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 Gene Hackman's in there going, I, I don't understand. Yep. And he and then they they because the whole time they also changed their name from Goldman to Coleman. Uh-huh. And he's he just sitting there going, I don't understand. And he finally goes, You're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> but and I'm doing I'm not doing it justice. Now that the, one of the my favorite scenes of, in comedy history is in that film, and, and that is and it's not necessarily an ensemble scene. But I love the scene where Robin Williams is trying to help Nathan Lane pass. And he tells him to walk like John Wayne. And Nathan Lane, by the way, nails that walk. Yeah. <laughs> and then Robin Williams goes, I just didn't realize he walks like that. And I laugh every time because I'm like, it's, I watched tons of John Wayne films and it's spot on. Now, um, in my, when I was doing research on the movie, the actual casting part of it is actually more interest is really interesting. Really? Do you know who was originally cast? No. In that who movie? is it? So original. So let's start back in the eighties. The original cat. The original two, Frank Sinatra and Dudley Moore. Really. And Frank Sinatra was the one that was all on board. Dudley Moore won to pass. So that movie staled in the water. When they came back, and Mike Nichols, who was by the way the director. And by the way, he was laughing so hard during the filming of this movie, they actually had to put a soundproof blanket over him when they shot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the movie originally had Steve Martin in the role of Armand and Robin Williams as Albert. But timing uh, forced Ro- uh, Steve Martin to drop out. And Robin really liked the, the part of Armand uh-huh. because it was more manlier. And he thought he could do a better job with that. And Mike Nichols immediately cast him. This was Nathan Lane's actual, I didn't realize this. This was Nathan Lane's breakout role. He had done Timon in The Lion King. Yeah. But the the previous year, but before that, he was a bit player in set, like Life with Mikey. He's a, He was a Broadway actor. Broadway, yeah, and, that, yeah, Broadway. and that's where Mike Nichols was at a Broadway show. Yeah. And what I, I didn't get the name of the show, but Nathan was the lead. And he was just so impressed that he went backstage and offered Nathan Lane the part of Albert right there on the spot. Oh, that's cool. Um, whoops, sorry. One second. <laughs> so there, while you're looking that up, can I give a bit of history yeah, about it? Ahead. Are you going to talk about May? So that's written by Nichols and May. If you don't yeah. know who that is, they were a comedy group uh-huh. in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Can't remember Miss May's first name. I can't either. She's died now. Yeah. It's not Edna May, but yeah. she uh, would go on. Who's not who, died. Edna May has not died. <laughs> who, she, she, her career was destroyed by a little movie called Ishtar. Uh but she was a famous writer, yeah. famous comedian, and this is actually her was her bigger break after Ishtar. Oh, I didn't know that. That she went at, because they were Mike Nichols and her were uh, Nichols and May. Yeah. Look it up. Were a comedy group in the sixties. That uh, he's that's the reason why she wrote it with him. See, I didn't have that. Um, no, Sorry. no, Hank Azaria, who is amazing as as uh, Ecuador, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Oh crap. Uh, anyway, Agador, Agador. Sorry. Um, his part was actually two different roles when they initially began mm-hmm. production. Um, he was just supposed to be the costume person. The butler part later on in the movie was actually supposed to be David Allen Greer. Huh. But uh, when they, they, Mike Nichols looked at it and realized Hank Azaria could actually do both for, for, especially for timing and all this other stuff. Hank Azaria's part could be combined to those two. Uh-huh. And I couldn't imagine. Poor David Allen Greer yeah, lost his job. But I couldn't imagine Hank Azaria not being in that part. I agree. And there's a funny, there's a funny tip. So I got this part off IMDb. So I don't know the validity of it, but it's on IMDb. I just really want to um, stay puff for the people watching on YouTube to be in this one. So while Hank Azaria, pra- <laughs> so while Hank Azaria practiced for the part, mm-hmm. but by the way, um, he initially, his uh, Guatemalan gay lisp, uh-huh. he originally didn't deliver it that way, but he thought he might be doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So he developed that, but then he thought it might be offensive. So he actually <coughs> asked a few of his gay friends, and they go, no, that's dead on, perfect, that's do what, that. Yeah. But uh, when practicing, 
he's good friends with Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. who at the same time was shooting Sling Blade. Yeah. So to practice for the bar for both parts, they would actually drive around, um, pretending that uh, Agador and Carl Childers were in a Buddy Cotton film. <laughs> I just want them to go like <laughs> to the drive-through and the In and Out Burger, French fry potatoes. I can't do the. I can't do. Yeah, it, I can't literally. do Agador. I know, but I literally. By the way, now I want that to be a film. Not yeah, I'll do too. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, that would have been an amazing film. Why didn't it ever get done? So, Birdcage was my first obvious pick because that movie is an ensemble cast to the letter. I've got one. None of you picked. Okay, go for it. And I probably should grab another one. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. This is not one of my favorite movies, but it has never left me. Like many of the uh, these other films, other films that this filmmaker has made, it's non-American. They've never left. Whether I liked them or not, they're just here in mm-hmm. my brain. Which is he has a distinct voice. This cast: Nicole Kidman, Arian Anderson, Lauren Bacall. Paul Bettany, Blair Brown, James Kahn, Patricia Clarkson, da- Jeremy Davies, Ben Gazzara, Philip Baker Hall, and John Hurt. Nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. No. Dogville by Lars von Trier. Oh, oh I've, I've actually yeah. no, that's, I've actually never seen it. So, yeah. a woman on the run. I'm going to read this. This is shot as a stage play, right? It started a stage play on a stage. Yeah. There's actual, they make up the things as they go around. So it takes you about 30 minutes to really get into the movie as you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Because there's not really sets. Okay. I'm going to read this straight from IMDb. I'm sorry about that. Just so everybody knows. Because I think this is one where I actually have to read the plot. Okay. I don't, I think you all, I think most of our listeners now have seen Red. They've seen The Birdcage with mm-hmm. this one. A woman on the run from the mob is reluctantly accepted in a small Colorado town. In exchange, she agrees to work for them. As the search visits the town, she finds out that their support has a price, yet her dangerous secret is never far away. Tarantino has been a fierce advocate of this movie that's a polarizing film. A lot of people don't like it because there's no sets. It's a stage play, but it's still a movie. Mm -hmm. He claims if it was a play, it would have won the Pulitzer. Hmm. Now, here's a story I found out about Paul Bettany. And Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård is also in this movie. Stellan okay. Skarsgård is in a lot of Lars Van Trier's films. He's in um, *Nymphomaniac*. He's in *Melancholia*. Paul Bettany didn't want to play Tom Edison. Tom Edison's a guy who doesn't necessarily. He's a really sweet guy at the beginning, and like most Lars Von Trier films, that's going to flip. Okay. Right? I've, I, yeah. Well, if you guys, you should watch them. Didn't want to play Tom Edison because they were shooting in Sweden. Then his friend Stellan Skarsgård told him that Lars von Trier's shoots were so funny. You'll miss something extraordinary if you turn the part down. After shooting half the movie, Bettany asked Skarsgård when the fun would start. <laughs> to which Skarsgård replied, I lied. I did it because he's amazing to work with and you wouldn't be able to see that before you were actually here yourself. I wanted to give you a chance and you wouldn't have shown up if I'd have been frank with you about what he was really <laughs> Yeah, Nicole Kidman swore really never to work with him again. <laughs> There's a bunch of people <coughs> who don't necessarily want to work with him again. He's not a happy guy. He's an alcoholic, quit drinking a few years ago. Dogville is three hours long. Uh-huh. There's no sets. <laughs> the fact that I'm recommending it to most people. But I swear, if you'll just give it 30 minutes, just give it 30 minutes and just kind of succumb to it, and just let it kind of flow over you. I, the same thing with Antichrist, uh, okay. Melancholia, uh, Nymphomaniac. I've watched both parts. These movies are an experience. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think will stick with you. I may not like Nymphomaniac or can't necessarily recommend Antichrist. But I'd be damned if it isn't stuck right here in my brain. Because huh, that, guy, and, and that guy has a voice. Yeah. And I probably would never want to meet him. I couldn't probably want to interview him. I probably wouldn't have anything to talk to him about. Yeah. But he's an artist. Huh. Um, Dogville, though, you're right. It was extremely polarizing. Even uh, Siskel had passed away by the time it came out. But Ebert was still alive. Uh, and Ebert and Roper both slammed the film as anti-American. Uh, yeah, I can you see know that. that. I don't know that. It, yeah, it probably is. But it's a fascinating movie. And well, the reason I, it just takes that small town culture that, well, honey, everybody loves you. And of course, there's always something underneath. And by the way, David uh, has done it for years. Well, I mean, no, no, I, I'm just telling you. Why can't I think of the director's name of Dune? 
Oh, David uh, Lynch. Lynch. David Lynch has done it for 30 I, years. I'm just way, a burning uh, small town culture. And by the way, David Lynch, you should really check out that short film I'm on Netflix. Christy goes, is that David Lynch? I go, yep. It is amazing. It's only 17 I, uh, minutes, people. I, I, is it good, though? Is it really good? It's bizarre. <laughs> I, I enjoyed know it's it. bizarre. I actually sit it, there and smiled from beginning to end. I wish um, I'll look up the name of the mo movie before. Uh, it's, it's an owl, right? No. It's an it's some sort of animal. It's an animal. Okay, I can't remember. I've got owls um, afraid. Owls look, are like owls. There's this. I heard this the other day. Do you think you want to eat an owl? It'd be like eating a fancy chicken. <laughs> I, I got. Well, I, I, I said that comment about Dogville from them, and I wanted to parallel that with exactly what you said. Uh, the Village Voice reviewer, um, his comments on it was that the film had, and let me quote this: passion, originality, and sustained kutzpah, uh, and it was an austere allegory of failed Christian charity. Failed what? Christian charity. Yes, absolutely. And so, so. Again, yeah, that's I'm, absolutely correct. I wanted to show the two different extremes that reviewers had to it because most people think, "Oh, Ebert and Roper." They By the way, the uh, short film uh, of David Lynch's on Netflix is "What Did Jack Do?" It's a monkey. I can't remember. I don't want to spoil it for the people. All right. So anyway, I Dogville. I've actually yeah, never no. seen all of Lars von Trier's films. I'd like to. I know James, you you're a big fan of his, the Kingdom. The Kingdom is as far uh, as von Trier as well. I love the kingdom. Uh, it inspired Stephen King's remake, Kingdom Hospital, which is vastly different. I'll be honest. Kingdom Hospital is entertaining. Um, the kingdom is downright creepy. There's yes. scenes in that where I'm like, ooh, ooh. All right, let's keep rolling. James, you're next. Uh, you know, I'm going to stick on the Bruce Willis train. Uh, another another one. I knew you were going to get this. Because he's not I considered the greatest character. If actor. you say North, I'm going to drive up to Mississippi and punch you in the face. North. Well, that would be a hell of a not, cast. It does. That wouldn't be up, but yeah. it's not ensemble cast because they're not all together. I, I, that's my big problem. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I, Bruce Willis. I think to be honest, I, I know people love Die Hard, and I love Die Hard too. Well, it's not I an think, ensemble film. I think the more he does ensemble films where there's all these interconnecting pieces, the more I like those films and some of his other non-Die Hard films. By the and way, so, it, go ahead. Elijah Wood, Bruce Willis, Mickey Rourke, Clive Owen, Brittany Murphy, Benicio Del Toro, and Jessica Alba. That's yeah. on a lot of lists. Thin City. Yeah, it's on a lot Thin of City. lists. I, that's another one, by the way, the sequel. And the sequel is good, but I think the sequel loses something. something well, the sequel about... came out over 10 years after the first one. If it had came out a year or two after the first one, it would have been a success. By the way, uh, another good example of Bruce Willis in an ensemble cast that's really good, uh, his segment of uh, Four Rooms. And Moonrise Kingdom. Yep. Anyway, go um, ahead. But Sin City, based on the award-winning uh, graphic novels by Frank Miller, mm -hmm. who also gave us some great Batman stuff. Um, but it actually adapts, uh, let's see, which one's the, the, the Big Fat Kill, The Hard Goodbye, uh, and a couple of the other ones. But it is, um, it kind of relaunched Mickey Rourke for a while. Um, yeah, that and The Wrestler. But I mean, I, I think the Sin City. Mm -hmm. Didn't the wrestler come out after Sin City? Am I misremembering that? Yeah, it did. But I, I, I anyway. No, no. I, going. Mickey, I, w I agree with you that it, as far as street cred or I guess uh, industry cred, the wrestler. But I think general audience Sin City. Um, but it was a big deal when it came out because it also had three directors, which caused some problems because you had Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller. And special guest director is how it's Quentin Tarantino. Um, it's just a really cool movie. They stylize it like the comic. The coloring is odd. It's just really, really interesting. But again, I wanted to pick it because none of that movie works if you lose any of those pieces. Yeah. All right. And Elijah well, Wood is downright creepy in it. I yes. agree. That's one of July's. Well, Elijah Woods and actually a pretty is in Maniac. The remake of Maniac's not bad. Either. No, it's not bad either. Problem is, is they cast Elijah Wood and you can't see him. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's kind of fucking stupid <laughs> for money. I mean, it's a little stupid. Yeah. Um. So my number, th my number two pick, uh, is another one of these great uh, movies. I think is kind of forgotten, and uh, there's actually one standout performance in it. But again. 
it's the sum of its parts. Yeah. Even though he's really great in it, it wouldn't have been as good if it hadn't been all for all the other people. Good night. Good luck. Oh, that's a good one. I don't have that either. Written and directed by George, uh, sorry, directed by George Clooney and written by Clooney and Grant Hesloff, who, by the way, has a connection to Birdcage. He is the uh, uh-huh. the uh, videographer. He was a character actor for years. Yeah, he was he's, in true. He's, he's doesn't he part owner of Clooney's production yes. company? Yeah. They're 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 co-founders. Yeah. Um, David, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name, and I'm sorry, David Strathairn. Strathen. Strathen. Uh, George Clooney, Jeff Daniels. Strathairn. I think it's straight hand. I can't remember. Straight I'm hand? sorry. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, Jeff Daniels, Patricia Clarkson, Frank Langella. Oh, it's a good movie. Any movie with Frank Langella, Robert Downey Jr., Ray Weiss, and Alex Bordstein. I forgot Ray. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. But that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, each morning, George Clooney would gather his cast members together and give them copies of the newspaper from that day in 1953. Oh, really? Um, he'd then give them an hour and a half working on old manual typewriters to copy out the stories from the paper. He would then hold an improvised news conference with hidden cameras in which the cast members would pitch their stories to the editor. That's so cool. Just to get them into character to play people in a newsroom in the 1950s. Um, so what Good Night and Good Luck is, it's about the battles of who? <laughs> Edward Morrow. Who? Edward Morrow. Well, all I remember is there was a senator at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, it was some sort of scare. Blue scare. No. Green scare. Aqua Velva. No, that's, is it red scare? It is the red scare. And he was Charlie McCarthy and he had to talk in, <laughs> three people three people are gonna like laugh at that right <laughs> yeah three people from three people um it's uh it's about edward murrow's uh battles with joseph mccarthy joseph mccarthy and who, the red scare and the red scare him him ruining people's lives just to and, get public attention really quick chad and Jane, uh, chad and our background is this we studied a lot of this in college even if we didn't we'd still find this interesting we would have known about this this mf ruined lives yeah no tons. joke talked about having a secret effing list i'm trying to i, I notice i say the f word a lot yeah, so i'm yeah. trying to cut it down a little bit more just say pg-13 had a fucking list that was sorry james you all right you gonna spew you gonna spew, no, almost made spew. spew. bullshit yeah and was trump before trump can you imagine if he'd had social media oh, can you I imagine if joseph mccarthy had social media yeah how much worse he would have been and the thing is joseph mccarthy actually didn't get away with it where trump is uh, anyway, <laughs> but no. See the um, witnesses. They just don't want to call witnesses. Yeah. Well, that and he fought the media. He fought the media. It, yeah. Every, everything that you think has happened is happening. Oh, Jesus. But no. Like but but with Joseph Mac- and with Joseph McCarthy, <laughs> you know, when you th- when everybody thinks of McCarthy and the Red Scare, they think of the blacklist, the lives ruined in Hollywood. Nobody thinks about the actual pe- basic people. Yeah. Whose lives were ruined by this nonsense that this one man created. Um, besides going and seeing this movie and seeing how all the character act characters interact and how it just is a wonderful mesh of raw talent. Um, go watch the original hearing where they actually finally call Joseph McCarthy out on his bullshit and how he just breaks down and can't handle it. He, he just stutters through the whole thing. And then finally it it's worth watching. Please study that piece of history, but no, but this movie, um, David Straith, Strathen. Thank you. Strathen? I really, I, I think it's probably, I, I, uh, so I had just had teeth Good work actor. done on Friday. I'm having a hard time talking, so I'm going to have to rely on Joe to help me a little bit. Um, but he was actually George, he was, uh, George Clooney's first consideration for this part. Oh, really? And he, he, he nailed it completely. Nail it. Uh, but also again, like Jeff Daniels as, um, the, I believe he's the newsroom. Uh-huh. And then Frank Langella as the as the as the corporate company fan. Yeah. Um, and then all Rob, these people existed. Yeah, all these people existed. Now, granted, they the interactions might not have been the same. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's a bi- it's, it's a, a movie. It's a Hollywood biopic. Don't ever watch it for history. If if the movie interests you, then go mm-hmm. look up the actual history on it. Uh, but no, um, I could sit here and talk for hours about Good Night and Good Luck the same way I could about Birdcage. But it is an amazing study of of an ensemble cast. He is right about one thing. He's right about that. The, yes, the the their interactions throughout the day. That is the way it happened, though, with history. And second part of there was a French reviewer who absolutely raked George Clooney over the coals for the actor's portrayal of Joseph McCarthy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was going to bring that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Somebody actually and thought it was an actor and didn't realize they were actually using real clips. That is all real footage yes. of Joseph McCarthy in that movie. So uh, it's a black and white, folks. So if that scares you off, you're really not a film. The fan. only other thing, too, is you don't see George Clooney moving around a lot. Um, that's because he actually got injured. That was a right after his back injury on Syria. Uh, on uh, Syria. He yeah he won he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for that movie. Probably should have won for Best Director. I don't know who won that year. Yeah, but actually it's probably not his best performance. But actually I think in real life the character he played was a much more uh, verbose, lively yeah. person. And he actually toned him down because he was directing him. Right. And, right. and also he could he could uh, they wouldn't even sure him for that movie because of his back injury. Hmm. So. All right, my next one is a black and white film, too. I'm going to steal it before somebody else does. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be the one that I didn't do research on because I thought you were going to break it up. Yeah, it's Martin Balsam, John Fiedler. Let me get through this. Lee J. Cobb, E.G. Marshall, Jack Klugman, Thank Edward God. Benz, Jane, Jack Warden, <sighs> Henry breathe. Fonda, Joseph Sweeney. Why? Did you, were you not going to do it? I didn't do it because I thought I was like, Joe's going to bring it up. I can't help it. Yeah, I yeah. Ed Begley, George, George Voskovec, Robert Weber. And it's directed by one of my heroes, actually, Sidney Lumet. Sidney yes, Lumet, if you here. are a uh, if you're a fan of film, you should read his book on filmmaking. It's only about two hundred and some pages, and it, I've never made a huge film, but I'll tell you, as far as just nuts and bolts of this is what I did throughout the day, this is what should help you, this is how it helped me. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's not a lot of better books no. on filmmaking if you get a chance. Sidney Lumet, we're talking about Twelve Angry Men. It was a stage play, and it became a television film, and then it was a movie he made. I was doing research for this. I saw 12 Angry Men when I was quite young, and it struck me and has never left me. And now in these times that we live in, we always live in times. I, I keep telling myself that, right? There's always some shit going on. Mm-hmm. But the, where the one guy has to stand up against the, the other 11, I think that's true of any time yeah. that we're in. That sometimes you have you have a moral compass that's pointing you one way towards something that's right. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult and people are going to hate you. But if you're going to be straight of center of who you are, then you're going to have to do it. And that's what 12 angry men's about. It's about 12 jurors in a room. And one of them thinks I'm not going to convict this kid until we talk it out because everybody else has got him, got him convicted from the jump that's right. what it's about yeah if i give if you haven't seen it watch it there is and a, it all takes place in one room one room i didn't realize it was not a hit i it, didn't it lost money well i did not know that was not a hit at all i did not know either which is funny because it's a movie the other one that was not a hit was fail safe but that's because of dr strangelove killed yeah that. anyway matt caught a topic there is a 90s version that was made for Showtime, which directed by William Freakin, which is directed by William Freakin and stars well, a bunch of people. Uh, okay, let me name them: Courtney B. Vance, Ozzy <laughs> Davis, George C. Scott, Armin Mueller, Stahl, Dorian Harewood, James Gandolfini, Tony Danza, James Jack Lemmon, Hume Cronin, McCletty Williamson. I'm, I'm I'm butchering it. He played Bubba, uh, Edward James Almost, and William Peterson. And by the way, that's a good movie too. It is an amazing movie. It's just not the first. One. It's not the first one. And it's not because Jack Lemmon is any better or worse than Henry Fonda. In fact, Jack Lemmon, to me, is a better actor than Henry yeah. Fonda, not to take anything away from Henry Fonda, who was a national treasure, I suppose. But I, 12 Angry Men, directed by Sidney Lumet, is one of my favorite films. It's the first time, I, one of the few times when I was young, I think I might have seen it in seventh or eighth grade, and it might have been for school, that I thought, oh, that's a director. I need to watch the rest of his movies, which led me to Serpico, which led me to Network, which Network is one of it. We've, I've expounded yes. about that on here a dozen times. Uh, I just think if you haven't seen 12 Angry Men, it speaks to this generation, to the previous generation, and to the next generation. Yeah. It is a timeless story with 12 fantastic actors. Right. And um, the one thing I'll say too, uh, about the 90s version versus the original. I forgot William freaking directed that. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Uh, George C. Scott, I think, actually does a almost better performance than, than Lee J. J. Cobb. Cobb. Really? Oh, God. His, his, the, the last He does part, lose it. When he loses it, it literally and it's shakes. about his son. Yeah. It shakes me to it's my good. core. It's good. So, uh, yeah. You can't, you cannot talk about an ensemble cast without talking about 12 Angry Men. Uh, yeah. It's good. I, I truly highly recommend it. And I'm with Chad. I don't have a copy of it. I wish I did. The, the 90s version is really good. It's too. really good. Yeah. And, and if you can actually take actors and put them in a room 
one room, one room for two hours and entertain an audience. You got it. I mean, hateful eight for God's sake. That is the hardest thing on earth to do. Any director will tell you 12, eight people. It's like the thing. John Carpenter says that's the hardest thing when they're all around the table, eight people around the table talking is the hardest thing a director will ever do. Right. In a film. James, James, sorry. Chad just seemed to be, no, 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 I I was letting y'all run because speaking of, of sitting around table and having scenes, I've got a question for you, Joe. Who's the coffee for? Huh? Who's coffee for? Who's coffee Coffee is for closers. Oh, you (laughs) son of a bitch. I almost took it. Look, look what's next. Look what's next. You cock. <laughs> well, now you I'm not screaming something, but I want to you, son of a bitch. You've already yelled pretty, some pretty. Um, no, but I was going to start talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Price being the huge star. No, Jonathan Price, Kevin Spacey, Alan Arkin, Ed Harris, <sighs> Alec Baldwin, Jack Lemon, and Al Pacino. See, you all had one of your three. Now we have one we agree. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross does not work without that cast. No. Can I give one one thing about it? Go Since ahead. you stole it from me, fuck or a version of it is used 138 times. Well, it's a David Mamet screenplay, right? Yes. So Actually, yeah. Do you know what they called it when they were filming it? What the cast started to refer to it as because it was said so often. Go ahead, Joe. What was no, I want you to say it, Buttercup. It's no, yours. No, you go, go right ahead. ahead. You can even do the edited version of it. Death of a effing salesman. Uh, it's death of a fucking salesman. So I, I got it. Shit. No, he, <laughs> it wasn't was really coming. effing. It was fucking shit. I, I was really See, he said effing, <laughs> but it was fucking. Uh, you misquoted mm. somebody, James. I hope you're happy. Yeah. They um, fucking made <laughs> The movie he was words like fists. <laughs> fists. The movie, the movie Speaking was of fisting, a... you just fisted me out of this movie. We got, I didn't steal it from you. We just happened to have the same. I almost went with it, but I was like, I got to talk about 12 Angry Men. I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> I love uh, there's This movie wasn't a huge success. No, it's 10.7 at the box office on a $12 million budget, but then it started to win awards, and now it is such a big part of the cultural lexicon. If you've never seen Glenn and Gary Glenn Ross, but you've watched The Simpsons, You've seen parts of Glenn Gary Glenn Ross because old Gil will be eating people food tonight. Yeah, it's Jack Lemmon's character. But but the thing is, is I think there's a lot of people who quote it and use it or have seen Saturday Night Live sketches that make fun of it with what they don't make fun Alec of it. Baldwin. Alec, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. That and closer, they think it's hilarious. That closer line's done by everybody and nobody knows where it's from. I don't think they know where it's from. Yeah. I really and, and don't. It's all about basically crooked real estate, all of that stuff. But really what it's about is how jacked up these people are in their relationship with one another and this combative environment. Of, it's just, it's a fascinating set of characters. It's death of a fucking salesman. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, the winner wins a Cadillac. Number two gets a set of steak knives. Three, James. Oh, crap. They go home. They're fired. <laughs> You're fired. He's that's, a good husband. Fuck you. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, no, I, I, automatically, I automatically cut to the, you know how much this watch costs? <laughs> it's for closers. Coffee is for closers. It is. It's, if, you, if you haven't seen it, much like with, in a very different way, much like with 12 Angry Men, though, it's when they are all there and that pressure is palpable. I mean, you feel like I, I sometimes think, what would I do if I was in that room? And I, the answer I realized was I wouldn't be in that room. Well, Jack Lemon said before he died, it was the greatest ensemble cast he ever was with. I was going to say, and that was shared. Um, and the, he was in uh, 12 Angry Men. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was in the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin and James Foley, the director, both said it's their favorite film. The English uh, noted English critic to the level that he is knighted as an English critic. He's an OBE. Philip French. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> uh, he said that in his opinion, and he's been doing movie reviews since 1963, um, that that movie had the greatest uh, American cast ever assembled just because of the way they were able to pull off that film. Oh, it's good. I don't know if I necessarily agree that it's the greatest, but it's definitely in the top 10. 
Yeah, I and what and the thing is is the play is actually different than the movie. There's characters that exist in the movie that didn't exist in the play that was both written by David Mamet. I don't know if you all knew that no. or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Alec Baldwin's character is not necess- isn't it's a different thing in the play. I, it's, and here's a little trivia about it. The trailer for it's awful. The trailer mm-hmm. tried, they tried to sell it as a thriller. This movie is the furthest freaking thing from a, fril- a thriller that you've ever seen. Right. It's a character study about men losing their minds, being middle-aged or older in a place that they don't necessarily want to be in a time that they can no longer handle from pressures that are killing them. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, sure. and Jack Lemon. I mean, the reason Gil from uh, from The Simpsons, That's Jack, Jack Lemon is trying to. He used to be God. I mean, he used to be yeah. epic, and now he's just trying to keep his family together. Is his, his name daughter. Sandy in the movie? I can't remember. Uh, in the movie, he is. Uh, oh, um, Shelley. Shelley Levine. Shelley. Shelley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is again. It's just compelling. And and you, it's almost to me the season. Like I said, they're almost hard for me to watch because I'm like, I don't know what I would do if I was in that room. Right. Find another living. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't belong in sales. So what do you think? You think I'm gonna get three or four? I mean, I if you want to do two, that's fine. Okay. Then I'm gonna do um, what was gonna be my fourth pick, and then I'll do my I'll do I'll save my third pick for last. Um. This is another great movie. Again, it's a movie where a lot of people focus on one or two characters, but honestly, it's the ensemble that makes the movie. My cousin Benny. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> is that an ensemble? It is. It is a complete ensemble. Is it? Yeah. It, you share. You have Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei, but then you have Fred Gwynn. You have the sheriff Bruce McGill. You have the uh, the prosecutor Lane Smith. And you have Austin Pendleton oh, as the just, stuttering lawyer. You just have a hard on for Austin Pendleton. And by the way, you should. He's, no, he's, he's hard on worthy. No, I, oh, <laughs> so there, he, Joe is referring to a uh, Gilbert Gottfried's. Gilbert, I, I'm not arguing with you. He's hard on yeah, worthy. I no, said it. Gilbert, up front. Austin, come on the show. You're hard on worthy. Yeah, so Gilbert Gottfried's <laughs> Amazing Colossal Podcast just did recently an interview with Austin Pendleton. And it is an amazing bit of business about hollywood it is it's fantastic and gilbert godfrey's show is fantastic and chad introduced all credit to chad if yeah. you can see i'm i'm I, he's hard on worthy as well for showing me about it i never get to listen to it but when i have he's he's got some, he does a great job of digging into the history of hollywood but when you get in that courtroom and lane smith fred gwynn joe pesci and then when eventually Miss marissa tomei gets involved that is pure acting genius um, that's why I consider this an ensemble piece. There are scenes where it's just Joe Pesci and there's just Marissa. It's just them two and they drive the movie, but then you, you enter in everything else. And it is, it you is, that it over is disorganized crime. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, disorganized crime didn't even make my list. They didn't me either, but I'm sitting here thinking about um, but, Fred Gwynn left us too early. Yeah. Uh, but it was directed by Jonathan Lynn and written by Dale Lawner. Um, one thing I didn't know about this was a lot of the courtroom scenes. So Fred, Jonathan Lynn's background, and by the way, uh, you should listen to his uh, episode of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I need to listen to his stories about Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes, and his uh, his uh, his stories about working with Monty Python. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the court, he was a uh, he his background is in law, mm-hmm. so he wanted to make sure the courtroom scenes were exactly as they would be in real life. Um, so a lot of the courtroom scenes are actually praised by real lawyers to this day. Really? Uh, if uh, when law when law professors talk about the law, they recommend their students watch this movie. Hmm. Uh, the scene with the automotive expert mm-hmm. played by um, Blanking on his name, I didn't write it down. Anyway, that's actually taken from a transcript from a real uh, live oh, court case. Oh, that's cool. Um, Austin Pendleton, uh, you'll find this out in the, uh, the the podcast if you listen to it, is a real life stutterer. Um, so originally he turned down the part of the stuttering lawyer, Jonathan, uh, John Gibbons, but he did it as a favor to Jonathan Lynn. Um, he, um, and honestly, he actually had trouble finding work after my cousin Vinny because of the stutter. People thought, uh, that he, he could, uh, now here's the two things that I want to talk about. Even though he's even in the Muppet movie, but keep yeah, going. The, here are two things that I didn't really, I didn't know about my cousin Vinny until I did the research. Joe Pesci wasn't the original choice. It was. 
Jim Belushi. <laughs> and Jim they, Jim they Belushi traded up. And Jim Belushi actually considers it a uh, his biggest uh, disappointment of his career that he turned down that role. Yeah. Granted, my cousin Vinny wouldn't have been the same. No, but you know he did uh, he did taking care of business instead. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Charles Grodin. Yeah, Charles yeah. Grodin taking care of business. And yeah. then uh, uh, Mona was actually not supposed to be pro- played by Marissa Tomei. They originally wanted Lorraine Bracco, but she turned down the role. I, I can see that. No, uh, I, I can't believe you don't think it's an, an ensemble cast. Is it just because of the strong performances by those two? Yeah, yeah. The, the rest of them just don't have as much screen time. Uh, but when they're on the screen and they're interacting, yeah, they those courtroom those courtroom scenes are some of the best in movie history, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, my cousin Vinny. Now that, that's is that why, Fred Gwynn's last movie? I think so. I have to take a look. I think you might be right. I think it's Fred Gwynn's last. When movie. Uh, you talk about your third one, I will go. I will look that up. So my cousin Vinny. I'm really torn, James. Oh, Natalie and Brilliant Sal. There's a ton here, but I only did research for four, so I'll go ahead. But I think this one is a downer, and I hate to end on a downer, but it is one of the best acting pieces uh i've ever seen like dogville i haven't revisited only the difference is is this shook me and i had a hard time with it and i'll say did that it I shake cried. you all night long no but i cried quite a bit watching it and, and I, there's other people who won't watch it because it's still too true to them and the mu- movie is paul greengrass's united 93 okay that i can't watch it that that gentleman it. that's an acting those most there may there's a couple of known stars in there but i'm not going to read all of them because most of them are unknowns a lot of the people who are in the who are in the uh faa or the what's it called with the radios anyway let me read some by the way uh, my cousin Vinny was his last movie okay paul if you don't know the story united 93 is about the plane united 93 that crashed that the passengers crashed on the day of september 11th to make Mm -hmm. the movie as authentic as possible Greengrass cast a number of real-life participants in the events to play themselves. The principal real-life role in the movie is Ben Steinlin, the FAA's uh, national operations manager who made the decision on 9-11 to shut down all air traffic operations in the United States. Steinlin had just, Sliney had just been promoted the national operations manager, and that was his first day on the job was September the 11th. Wow. This explains the applause from the FAA flight monitors when he walks in the control room and uh, at the beginning of the movie. Several officials who were with Sliney on the FAA control room play themselves, including Tobin Miller, Rich Sullivan, Tony Smith. In the scenes at the Newark airport, all the air, air traffic controllers who were at the Newark control tower on 9-11 who witnessed the air attacks in the World Trade Center play themselves. At the air traffic monitoring centers in Boston, New York, and Cleveland, the air traffic monitors are all played by real-life air traffic controllers, including several who were at those locations and monitored the hijackings. That the defense center at Needs in Rome, New York, most of the military personnel personnel are played by real life military controllers. Also, in United ninety three, the actors playing the pilots in the movie are real life airline pilots, and the flight attendants are played by real life flight attendants, some of whom work for United Airlines. It's a tough movie to watch. I uh, I've not revisited it. It isn't necessarily on a bunch of lists because when I started doing research, I always do this. I always look at who's top twenty five or top fifty. It's a good place for me to start and kind of gets my pump primed. I know Chad doesn't do that. Mm-mm. Chad Chad just goes from the top of his head, but it helps me prime my, prime my pump, for lack of a better way of putting it. And that's not a lot of lists, and it just kept coming to me. And it's, I think it's important for us to watch, even as tough as it is to watch, because it's, I know it's cliche to say we shouldn't forget, but it's also cliche that we probably shouldn't forget that yeah there's several people who died but these people some of them they gave our lives trying to save people and uh not to bring it down on an end but their story needed to be told and green grass does an extremely good job of keeping it as straight as possible and it's told straight it's almost like a documentary and it it'll level you yeah have you ever seen it nope am i the only one I can't watch it. Sorry. I mean, yeah. it literally, it's one of those films that there's a couple I, of films that my my father had said that he can't watch. Some of them having to do with uh, the coal strikes, where people were killed. My dad actually will not watch any film about that because it's family history, evidently. There, that I don't know. Uh, that being said, it's one of the ones that I I agree with you. It need to be made. I think that's a great story. Uh, just with my own personal connection to that day, I. 
I can't bring myself to watch. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. Yeah, I still haven't seen World Trade Center either. So I've right. seen part I have of World Trade Center. It's not the same. I, I I not to take anything away from James's yeah person, Nicholas Cage, Nicolas yeah. Cage and Oliver Stone is a great filmmaker, yeah. but United ninety three is another level. Okay, it's another level of realism that's just it's important, but I don't think anybody talks about it. It never comes up. So, James, you have another one, or do you want me to go to my? I do. Phone? I have another one. I wanted. I was to... wondering if you were going to bring up the one that you mentioned in text. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. Uh, well, I, just, I did that to get my pump primed. I figured one of y'all might be thinking about that. Haley's going to cry pretty... if she. Well, she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've been yeah. worried. If she house. does, she'll invite Chad to lunch. <laughs> I think the uh, – I, so I was thinking about great ensemble films I like, and, of course, my mind goes – He's going to say three from hell. Before. <laughs> Shut up, Chad. Um, that I've talked about before. I love The Great Escape. And then I went, no, you know, you've talked about The Great Escape before. Maybe you should go 10 years earlier with Billy Wilder's – Stalag 17. 17. I thought about talking about it myself. It is, if you've never seen Stalag 17, it is technically a comedy drama. Yeah, it's uh, got some funny parts in it. it. It's set, it's narrated by the cook, uh, by uh, Clarence Harvey Cookie Cook. Yeah. Uh, it acts as a narrator. Um, but it's about a Stalag, basically a prisoner, prisoners of war and things like that. And, and the Two second version of it is there's a spy inside, and they have to figure out who the spy is. But that is only one small piece of. I mean, there's 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 been uh, attacks and there's been stuff like that and conning your way into getting to stay with in the Russian women's side of the prison and there's there's just so much going on in the film that it it is this weird slice of life in a prison. Um, Stars uh, William Holden, Don Taylor, uh, Don Taylor, Otto Preminger, again directed by Billy Wilder. And Otto Preminger was not was a famous director, mm-hmm. doing a favor for Billy Wilder. But Billy Wilder and um, the screenplay was by Wilder and Bloom. And why did he do Mister Freeze? <laughs> I don't know. I guess he did do Mister Freeze. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Money? Uh, probably the end of his career. I don't, I don't know. Premature, you know, made the, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. But anyway, it, if you've never from... seen Stalag 17, I said, I, I really enjoy The Great Escape, um, yeah. which is, uh, you know, um, but Stalag 17 is, uh, it's, it's equally compelling to me. It's just not, this is odd to say about a film set in a camp, uh, in, in a prison camp, uh, Great Escape's more fun to me for some reason, but Stalag 17 is compelling. Uh, and yeah, Anatomy you, of a Murder. He directed I'm sorry. Keep going, James. <laughs> uh, so it's, I, I just wanted to bring up Stalag 17 because, again, I think Great Escape, oddly enough, is becoming better known as time has passed, less people refer to Stalag Yeah, I don't think, I, I, I think people bring up other movies by Billy Wilder, and I, but I don't think you see Stalag 17 quite a bit. Right. But Stalag 17, and by the way, was a huge hit when it came out. It had a budget of, and they've got this down to the penny, by the way, $1,661,530. Made in the box office in, you know, 1953, $10 million. Yeah, it's good money. So it, was a, it was a pretty big hit. Um, and and won some awards as well. But if you've never seen Stalag Seventeen, uh, you should watch it. It really is. Again, you gotta watch black and white film lifestyle. But uh, there's a lot of things in that film that get echoed forward. Everything from the use of a chess piece, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to give anything away. Watch Stalag Seventeen. Really watch. Uh, all right. So Joe worried about ending on a downer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm going to remind of depressing. I'm going to uplift myself. I'm going to uplift the, the, the ending of this show. No, it actually was my number three pick, but since I want to talk about four, that's why I brought my cousin Vinny into the fray. Um, I, this one actually popped on my list because I realized we have done over 100 episodes and we have yet to talk about this one of this man's films. He's one of my favorite directors and writers of all time. He actually, if I wanted, if I could ever get into film, I wish I would have his talent. John Cherry? And we're going to end not talking about <laughs> United 93 or World War II. We're going to talk about a poop monster. Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> Written and directed by Kevin Smith. Stars Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Linda Florentino, Chris Rock, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Lee, Selma Hayek, 
and Alan Rickman with special guest appearances by George Carlin and Alanis Morissette. Now that's an ensemble. That is an ensemble. That's an ensemble. Um, you Alan Rickman. Uh, so I am a huge fan of Kevin Smith. Uh, it, honestly, you can talk about his le- recent work. The only movie I think he's d- he's done that's unwatchable for my is Yoga Hosers. It's pretty unwatchable. Uh, uh, but Kevin Smith is a talent that I don't that I think has lost a little bit of respect um, over the years. But he's more popular now than he probably because has ever been. Because of podcasting and all this other stuff. Do you stuff. not agree, though? He's more famous. He's more famous now, yeah. Than ever. Than ever. I mean, he's proliferated through media. He's on the, the cake show. The He was one of the guests. The, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, really? it's just, yeah, just little things. But, uh, and, and he does, he does basically kind of stand-up shows. Um, I've got, I've actually had the pleasure of seeing him live. Uh, but, that's supposed to do. Did you know you were there? His first five, five, six movies um, are are honestly great examples of ensemble cast. But Dogma is probably my personal favorite Kevin Smith movie uh, because of what it tackles. It tackles religion. It tackles. Did you lot. never see Tusk? I've seen Tusk. I enjoyed Tusk. But Dogma is your favorite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I have terrible taste. What can I say? Um, Did you not see Red State? Yeah, so are you gonna keep going? How long are you gonna keep going? <laughs> Did you not see Yoga Hosers? God, I don't, I don't, I can't even watch. I oh, can't. you know what? Yoga Hosers, I'll forgive him. Yoga Hosers, I'll forgive him. But the the two dick movie, what what is it? Cop Out. Oh, yeah, oh, I take that back. I actually have not gotten through Cop Out. Yeah, it's that's too the long. only that's the only it's Kevin too, Smith movie I, I have theater. not got all the way through. Yeah, I forgot about Cop Out. Um. I wish it had had its original title, Two Dicks. Two Dicks. Um, but no, a couple, uh, two quick facts before we get into the honorable mentions about, uh, because like I said, again, Dogma is all about the interactions um, of all these characters, especially when they all get together. Um, it's just, it's just gold for me. Uh, Comedy gold. It is. It's gold, Jerry, it's gold. <laughs> um, when uh, So Kevin Smith, for the, the, the role of Metreon, he always wanted Metatron, sorry. Uh, he always wanted Alan Rickman, but they were afraid to approach him. Yeah, he's scary. He threw. He tried to kill Bruce Willis. Yeah, <laughs> and he tried to kill Kevin Costner. <laughs> he also wasn't to kill too, several people in Hollywood. He also wasn't too kind to that boy Wizard. No, no, no. no. But it turns out he was kind to that, that boy. That was tough wizard. love. He was. That was he tough was. love. But uh, when, boy Wizard needed always, Joe, always. But when Kevin Smith uh, finally gave him the script, uh, Alan Rickman only had two things. Would we stay faithful to it? And are the wings real or CGI? Those were the only two things he cared about. Um, the only thing, the only piece that he wishes he would have recast is Linda Florentino because of how difficult she was to work with. Yeah, uh, he actually wished he would have given that role to Janine Garofalo, who actually has a bit part as Linda Florentino's friend at the abortion clinic. Is it Florentino or Fiorentino? And, uh, the way I have it written, it oh, it's Fiorentino. Okay, sorry. It is Fiorentino. That's all right. Uh, just, how did she get cast? Any, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm showing. I don't right. have the specifics I, of how I she got I think I know exactly how she got cast. She was a breakout star in a small independent film called "Is It the Last Seduction" or something the like that. The Last Seduction, yeah. Yeah, and she, I, I'm almost assume. I bet that's who the Weinstein's wanted because of that. Oh, really? I, well, Google it. I don't know. I don't I know. Think I may be wrong. Well, she's and also we in know, Jade, right? We know. Yeah, she's in Jade, which is terrible. Yeah, but I think that's where she shot the fame, and then quickly. Just yeah. like Peter but, uh, Dogma and the Weinsteins are trustworthy people. I wonder why she was so difficult. I've heard that before, but he's never, I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. Bruce Willis, he will give specifics. Oh, really? Yeah. No, uh, but yeah, just watch Dogma. People think of when Kevin Smith, they think of Clerks, Small Rats Chasing Amy. Dogma, I feel like, is kind of not talked about as it much. Was it was a big deal when it came out, though. Yeah, and yeah, one of the coolest, one of the funniest stories about Dogma is, like I said, the Catholic. Uh, Catholics really, really did not want this movie to come out. Uh, there was a lot of protest. Uh, one of the funny stories is in New Jersey, one of the Catholic groups got together to do a protest outside of the cinema, and Kevin Smith actually showed up and pretended to be one of the protesters and actually got on the news yep. <laughs> to talk about how much he hated the film and why people shouldn't see it. So, yeah, <laughs> he actually trolled his own movie. Yeah. Uh, but, again, that's Kevin Smith, the man, the myth, the legend. legend. All right. Honorable mentions. And I will say this, uh, originally when we said we, when I brought up the idea of ensemble cast, there was one movie that I wanted to bring up because as you know, I always bring up some obscure, not really great movie and, um, tremors. 
Okay. Can I do about five honorable mentions? Dude, I'm going to do a lot. You guys, the reason being is everybody did four but me. I'm going to blast through my list, so go ahead. Of 22 films. Really quick. So, I almost did this, but I think it's just such a big movie. I think we forget that Lord of the Rings is one of the best ensemble casts of all time. I didn't even make my list. You're right. It is an ensemble cast. That is one of the best ensemble. That is one of the... Even for people who are diehard Tolkien's fans, I... Who you gonna, who's going to play him other than Elijah Wood? Yeah, who's going to play him other than and I he, could just go through the damn and even, list, even after, every single one of them. Even after the first one, when they break up into in the smaller groups, it's still amazing. They they, yeah. they the, the cast, the Breakfast Club, yeah, one of the best ensemble casts of all time. That's just sucking up to the Greers, but go ahead. No, no I, 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 I did that on Facebook. <laughs> I know, I saw. <laughs> I did it. And by the way, kudos. Yeah, good job. I didn't realize that they that's the first time the four of them have been together. Uh, good job. Did you know that? No, good job. I would have assumed they did it every month. I would have thought so too. But not according to Jamie. Good oh, job, like good job, Lexington Comic Con. Stop sucking up to them. All right, the usual suspects. I can't believe neither one of you brought that it's up. I was, I was going to, but I went with a different Spacey film. Yeah, The Big Chill. Yeah. Okay. I actually thought you would do a fish called Wanda. It, uh, I I was going to put it on my list, but I thought you were going to do it. Yeah, I I, I almost did. And uh, Kevin Spacey uh, was going to make my list uh, for another movie. And the, there's several others, and then I'm going to let you do some honorable mentions. And there's one I want to talk about at the end. But I thought you would have done Mars Attacks. The heck of a cast. That's it's a, a heck of a cast. cast. Yeah, it does have uh, Joe Don Baker in the jet. Yeah, well, I mean, does it need anything other than Joe Don? All right, you do your honorable mentions real quick. All right, my honorable mentions. First off, every probably superhero forty two. Yeah, Go ahead. every superhero film team. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Justice League. Don't nope, name Avengers. them all. I, no, no, no. I'm just those are the ones I'm going to mention because those are obvious. Uh, Dunkirk. Nah, that's a good one. Dunkirk is a great ensemble film. Tarantino uh, says it may be the best movie. It's maybe it's at least in the top two or three of the last ten years, mm-hmm. the last decade. Both the new and the remake and eventual sequels of Ocean's Eleven, I didn't want to talk about because we've done that. There's a bunch of other ones that yeah. uh, are ensemble comedies uh, going old school. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, they showed up on that and Ocean's Eleven showed up on every list. Hmm. Uh, trying to recapture that and, and not doing it as well, I would argue Rat Race. Some of these I didn't talk about because we talked about, about them before, or at least made allusions to them, things like the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, one comic film that I almost did in place of Sin City because I do enjoy the film and now it's a TV show that uh, people say are out doing the film Watchmen yep um, and uh, the other honorable mention uh, The Longest Yard uh, not The Longest Yard The Longest Day both of them are good yeah <laughs> Towering Inferno I've got to mention because my parents went to see that on a date <laughs> and uh, that date went well um and the help, and if you it doesn't matter how you feel about the help, or if you've ever seen the help, or if you're shocked that I'm talking about the help, but the help actually, um, it, the that movie is stronger because of the cast it's in. And yeah. still, Magnolia's probably should be in that too. Yeah, a bridge too far as well. But anyway, that's, that's some of the ones that I almost talked about. So uh, some of the movies on my list I didn't bring up because we've already talked about them, so I didn't want to I didn't want to bring right. up again. But um, I do want to mention uh, the Kevin Spacey movie that we didn't bring up. That isn't a great ensemble cast, uh, other than the usual suspects, LA Confidential. Yeah. But again, we talked about in the previous film uh, episode. Uh, sneakers is a great ensemble cast. I've never liked Sneakers. I love Sneakers, and it is a great ensemble cast. But I mentioned it in a previous it's a good episode. good cast, but I always think Robert Redford's miscast. James didn't mention Mystery Men. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. That's a good uh, ensemble, What? Mystery Men? I, I would say that's no, a duo. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Michelle Monaghan. Val yeah, but Kilmer, you really only Robert deal with Downey Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Well, that's why I, I struggle with it. It might not be an ensemble cast. That's why I didn't make it all. In, it was a damn good movie. Go out and watch it. Snatch. Love Snatch. Beetlejuice. I was going to say, basically, Snatch. a bunch of Guy Ritchie films are like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, Joe might not have heard me earlier. I was going to bring up Tremors. Oh, I heard you. Uh, Mixed Nuts. Is that not a good movie, though? Is I it? enjoy Mixed Nuts. All right. Uh, Haunted Honeymoon. Ed, I haven't seen that in a long time. Ed Wood, Harlem Knights, The Godfather, A Few Good Men. That's a good one. As Good As It Gets. Yeah, that's four people. Though, the, right? I keep going. Big Lebowski, yeah. Ghostbusters, The Sandlot, 
and Galaxy Quest. All right. Uh, one one final one I need to mention, just or I'll lose my street cred, and I, probably eight people have seen this film. I'm not there, but it's a weird ensemble yeah. because they're all playing the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Bob. That's the Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan, Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. Uh, if, no, oh, if you've never heard of I'm Not There, if you've never heard of I'm Not There, that would be the film where Richard Gere, Ben Whishaw, uh, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Marcus Carl Franklin. And Kate Blanchett all yep. play Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Okay, really two quick ones. Neither one of you all mentioned JFK or Nashville. I'd, I'd be shocked if either one of you have seen Nashville. I haven't. I have, actually. That's Robert Altman. Altman. Robert Altman. It's, That's it's, one of the Altman films I have seen. That I, 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 the, um, which people love it, and I don't care for it. But it's a great ensemble. Most film. Robert Altman movies are a great ensemble. I yeah. forgot. I can't believe I didn't mention MASH. Our Shortcuts is another one that was on a lot of lists. Here's one that's on nobody's list but mine, Alien 3. Huh, okay. I just think if you go back of all the British, great British actors that are in that movie that went on to do some other things, Alien 3. There you go. And with that, we're done. If you have ones that you think were wrong or that we missed or that you want to hate us, you want to send us hate mail, you send all that to Chad Jennings' address. And we didn't mention Mel Brooks movies because we've already talked about Matt Mel Brooks and Nando. Well, I was going to say, and that, that, and Tarantino too. I, I, I'm with you all. Almost all of them are. That was my problem. As I sat down to do this, I was like, I'm going to end up talking about so Because you could oh, argue I think most, Reservoir Dogs is the ultimate. Oh, yeah. Most yeah. Star Trek films Tarantino. are ensemble casts. Ensemble. All right, so, then. We've talked about so many of these already, so I tried to throw out new ones this time. So if you hate my list, it's Chad's fault. It's all Chad's fault. Thank you I, all yeah, so I brought much. It up. <laughs> this is Bonehead. We're out. Push stop. Eat bananas so you don't get cramps. Mm-hmm. <laughs>